We've been walking through this sermon series entitled Wise Words. As we've been walking through the wisdom books, we walked through Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes last week, a Song of Solomon. Last week we were in uh, the book of Isaiah. Today we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah. And even though Isaiah and Jeremiah are not part of the wisdom books, they're still God's word, which makes them what? Wisdom words, right? Wisdom books. So we're going to continue walking through. And the reason we're doing this is because of as we talked about last week, kind of springing forth from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, where Solomon wrote these words, that pride comes before what? I'm going to do a little quiz here. Okay, one more time. Pride comes before? And a haughty spirit before a fall. And so, that is a, a statement that Solomon gives. So, last week out of the book of Isaiah, we talked about the dangers of pride, right? We talked about how it will destroy you. How it will always take you down a path that you don't want to walk down. That it will always take you to a place that you were not expecting to end up. That it will always lead to destruction. That's God's Word, not this preacher's Word. Pride leads to destruction. So we talked about the dangers of pride. Now today we're going to do something a little bit different. Today we're going to kind of confuse things a little bit. We're going to kind of, kind of shake it up a little bit. Because today we're going to talk about, from God's Word, the right kind of pride. That pride actually can be a good thing. And I know it doesn't make sense because, wait a minute, pride comes before destruction. But you see, when we have the right kind of pride, it changes everything. Now, before we kind of walk down that path from Jeremiah chapter 9, I want to kind of give you a little bit of a context of what the book of Jeremiah is really all about. Because the book of Jeremiah is literally nothing more than God giving a word to Jeremiah, the prophet that he raised up, so that then Jeremiah could give that word to the people of Judah because they were people who were walking down the wrong road. So in other words, it's a book of correction. It's a prophetic voice, a prophetic word to change the direction of a nation because they were walking down the wrong path. Now, to, to kind of let you know like how they got to where they are in the book of Jeremiah, if you got to roll back a, a few years before the opening scene of the book of Jeremiah when a, there was a king named Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was a good king. God was doing great things in the life of Hezekiah and using him in powerful ways. But when he died, his son took over, and his son's name was Manasseh. And God's Word describes Manasseh, and this is an awful description, an awful way to be known for the rest of, of humanity, the rest of history, that he did evil in the sight of God. That that was the declaration of what Manasseh was all about. Now, when Manasseh died, his son Amon took over. Now, Amon, for as bad as Manasseh was, Amon was worse. Now, Amon only served, he only reigned for two years. But listen to what he accomplished in his two years. He actually was so evil that he made idol worship the official religion of the nation. A nation that had seen God part the Red Sea. A nation that had seen God deliver them from slavery. A nation that had seen God provide food in the middle of a dry wilderness where there was no water and no food. And so that nation, under the leadership of uh, the King Amon, that they made idol worship the, the official religion. And so you can see, it, like, they're heading the wrong path, right? They're going down the wrong direction, and nothing but bad is going to come. But then, then there was a little spark of hope. There was a little light, and, and this little light came after Amon died, and this, this young king named Josiah came in, who was eight years old. We talked about him a few months ago. Remember him? And so, at eight years old, he became king. Uh, I've had four kids, and I remember them all at eight years old. And my goodness, we, I can't imagine them being president of the United States at eight years old. It would have been a disaster. We would have had, you know, like, like Pop-Tarts for breakfast every day, which, by the way, would have been pretty good. But anyway, 
He became king at, at eight years old, and as he grew up, he did that which was right in God's eyes. He did good stuff. He pointed people to God. He, he turned the nation around. He walked them back into truth and, and got them into the right place. But then when he died, his son took over. And when his son Jehoaz took over, he only reigned for three months. And guess what his declaration was? He did evil in the sight of God. And so then Necho, the pharaoh of Egypt, kind of exiled him, and so then his son became king, King Jeho Jehoiakim. And when Jehoiakim became king, he reigned for 11 years, and he did evil in the sight of God, and didn't do anything right. And, and so the nation, again, the slippery slope, sliding away from God, sliding away from righteousness. And so Jehoiakim's there, he dies, his son Jehoiachin takes over, same thing, evil man. Nebuchadnezzar now is coming into the land. Uh, Jehoiachin served for three months, reigned for three months, and then he got kicked out by Nebuchadnezzar, and then they picked another one named Zedekiah, and that's how we got to where we are, because Zedekiah was the last king because the nation was destroyed, because the nation was facing its last days. Why? Largely because of pride. Largely because of evil. Largely because they had decided to replace God with themselves. And so we see, indeed, pride comes before destruction. But then what do you want to talk about in this idea of what he meant, the right kind of pride? Like, like there actually can be a pride that's good. And that's where we're going to read today from Jeremiah chapter 9. I want to read two verses, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Here's what it says. And by the way, in the book of Jeremiah, 157 times you will read the words, thus saith the Lord. Different translations say it different ways. Some say this is what the Lord says. Some say thus saith the Lord. Regardless, the point is this, 157 times out of the 364 times in all of the Old Testament when you see thus saith the Lord, 157 of them are found right here in the book of Jeremiah. This is a powerful and an important book. The largest prophetic book in the Old Testament, 1,364 verses of the Word of God given to a nation that was out of control. So Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. This is what the Lord says, or thus saith the Lord. These are God's words. The wise person should not boast in his wisdom. The strong should not boast in his strength. The wealthy should not boast in his wealth. Now let's pause right there for a moment and just do a quick review. Because this passage very clearly tells us what we talked about last week. God here speaking that the wise shouldn't boast in their wisdom. In other words, don't brag about what you know. The strong shouldn't brag about their strength. In other words, don't brag about what you can do. The wealthy shouldn't brag about their wealth. In other words, don't brag about what you have. In other words, pride in all of those areas is destructive. God says, don't do it. This is what the Lord says. Don't have pride in those areas. And so we got that from last week. We understand that. But then, verse 24. Let's continue reading, because again, God's Word continues, thus saith the Lord. But the one who boasts should boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, showing faithful love, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things. This is the Lord's declaration. This is God's Word. And so do you see kind of the juxtaposition between these two verses? The one verse, hey, don't brag, don't be prideful, don't boast, don't talk about all the things that you have and the things that you know and the things that you can do. Like, stay away from that. But if you're going to boast, boast in these things. 
Boast in the fact that you know God. Boast in the fact that, that you're walking with me and that I'm the source of everything that you're looking for in life. And then he says this, and this delights me. So in other words, here's a statement, and probably the only thing that will be tweeted from the entire thing that I say today, God wants us to be proud. Somebody's going to tweet that, I just know it. God wants us to have pride, but not pride in ourselves, but pride in Him. God wants us to be prideful of the things that are true, the things that are righteous, the things that matter. Because in today's world, in today's culture, in our, in our lives today, pride is so prevalent, but it's the wrong kind of pride. It's the kind of pride that always leads us to destruction. Reminds me of a story I heard one time about this this captain in the Navy. And he had elevated, gotten to the point where he was now the captain of of a huge aircraft carrier, like the largest ship in the naval fleet. And as he's traveling one day, he's up around the coast of Newfoundland up in Canada, and, and of course when the aircraft carrier's out there, it's not just the one ship, right? They've got the destroyers and the cruisers and the support ships that are traveling with them. It's like this big armada of ships, and I mean they're massive firepower, and on the aircraft carrier they've got all these fighter jets and bombers, all these, I mean it's like a, a big display of strength. And so this captain who had just been elevated to the, the position of captain, he was the skipper, the one in charge of that aircraft carrier. As he's traveling one night, late at night, he's going, and all of a sudden he sees a light out in front of him off the Canadian shore. And so he gets on the radio and declares, because he's the captain, he's the boss, he's in charge, he gets on the radio and says, this is the U.S. naval ship, the aircraft carrier. Uh, I command you now to turn 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision. And then the radio crackled from that person on the other end. And they said, well, we're a Canadian captain, and, and we would say that it would probably be better for you to divert 15 degrees to the south. And that captain got ticked. He got mad. He got back on the radio. He said, I don't think you understand. I'm a captain in the U.S. Navy. This is a, an aircraft carrier. I'm telling you, you need to divert to the north 15 degrees to avoid collision. That other captain on the Canadian side comes back on the radio and says, yeah, no, I I really think it would be better for you to divert 15 degrees to the south. That captain now is ticked. He's mad. He's angry. His face is red. He gets back on the radio. He says, sir, I want you to know, I am a captain in the United States Navy, the, the most powerful armed forces on the face of the earth. I am captaining this ship that is the largest in our fleet. We have firepower here that can destroy you. I have destroyers and cruisers that are traveling with me. There is no one that can come up against us. No one can fight against us. I am commanding you to turn to the north now 15 degrees. And that other guy gets back on. He says, well, okay, but I just want you to know I'm not a ship. I'm a lighthouse, and it'd probably be better for you to divert 15 degrees to the south. You see, sometimes pride leads us into a destructive moment. It leads us to a place where we think that we are large and in charge and we've got it all together. And what it does is it leads us to a place where we lose everything, unless it's the right kind of pride. So let's talk about the right kind of pride. And according to this passage, if we're going to have the right kind of pride, there's really four things we need to get, right? The first one is this. We need to have pride in knowing God. Pride in knowing Him. Go back to verse 24, the first part of that verse. In the first part of that verse, it says this, but the one who boasts should boast in this, that he understands and knows 
God. Our greatest source of pride should not be in who we are and what we've done and what we have and what we own and our position, our status. Our greatest source of pride is the fact that we know God and that we are known by Him. That's what God's Word is saying. Listen, hey, if you're going to boast, boast in this, that you know me. That you know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Second Peter chapter 3 says it this way. In verse 18, it says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. In other words, don't bring glory to yourselves. We talked about that last week. Deflect praise. Stay away from seeking honor and glory. And rather, focus on this. Know God. Because the more that we know God, the more that we understand who God is, the more that we understand what God is capable of, the more that we understand God's great presence and God's great power, the more that He brings us joy and peace and contentment in the most difficult moments of life when everything seems to be crashing down around us. The more that we know God, the stronger we are, and in that moment what we recognize and see is that God is all that we need. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, another wise word here from Solomon says it this way, I love those who love me, God says, and those who search for me find me. Which brings us to the second thing that we've got to get, pride in, right? The pride in knowing God, but also pride in seeking God. Because you can't know God unless you're looking for Him. You can't know God unless you're running after Him. Look in the second part of this verse, understanding who God is. In verse 24, it says this, that I am the Lord. Remember, but the one who boasts, let him boast in this, that he knows and understands me. And that, as it said here, and that I am the Lord. In other words, that only He is God, not us. Because remember last week we talked about what pride does? Pride always leads us to try to replace God with self. Right? Remember that? How many of you remember that? Raise your hand. Right? Pride always leads us to replace God with self. That's what's happening in the nation. That's why Jeremiah is getting this word from God. That's why if you continue reading through the book of Jeremiah, I read this morning uh, in Jeremiah 35, 36, 37, while he's talking to King Zedekiah, he's like, dude, you got to understand. Dude was not in the scripture, by the way. That was a, anyway. Yeah. So uh, Jeremiah says, listen, you got to understand this. If you don't do what is right, you will be destroyed. If you don't follow after God, you will be destroyed. Seek God. And so what we need to have pride in, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24, pride in knowing that the Lord is God. It's not about us. I said it last week, when it's all about you, it's all about over. Like, make sure you understand that you need to seek God if we're going to know God. You can't know God unless you seek God. Man, all of us, and some of you guys remember this when you were younger, maybe some of you are still younger, maybe you're still like, like smack dab in the middle of what I'm talking about, but do you remember when you saw that girl that you wanted to know? Like, like I want to meet that girl. I remember the first time I saw Sherry, she was singing in a group called Truth. I mean, they were incredibly talented, traveling all over America. She didn't go to Liberty, so she was traveling around in this group, and I remember they came to Liberty to do a concert, and I was sitting down like on the second, third row at the concert. And it was in the old Schilling Multipurpose Center. Remember that over at Liberty? That building is like long since gone. And I remember they came in concert, and I was sitting up there, and the group walked up on stage, and I saw her. I was like, now, I want to meet her. Now, I, you know, I kind of had this, like, this in, because, like, my dad was the boss at Liberty, and so I actually got backstage after, and I met her. Like, so here's what I did. I sought her out, is what I did. 
I sought her out. Why? Because I wanted to know her. I wanted to meet her. Hey, dude, it worked, right? It was pretty cool. We've been married 28 years. Knowing God means we have to seek God. You can't know God unless you're looking for God. And the only way to look for God is to dig through His Word, is to spend time in prayer. You can't know God, you can't seek God just by going through every day ignoring God. So we have to know God, we have to seek God. Why? Because when we know Him, when we're seeking Him, here's the next thing we'll get. We can find pride in seeking truth, like that we're looking for the right things. Look what this says in verse 24. If you keep reading in this passage, it says these words in verse 24, showing faithful love, justice, and righteousness on the earth. In other words, Jeremiah says this, listen, if you're going to boast, God's words, thus saith the Lord, if you're going to boast, boast about this, that you know God and that He is the Lord, that He is the only God, and that He is the God who shows faithful love, justice, and righteousness on the earth. Now listen, we live in a world today that is constantly looking for love, constantly looking for righteousness, constantly looking for justice, right? That's all we're talking about. I mean, there are conversations that are taking place, and I think conversations is a loose definition, more like, like arguments and fights and, and like, like, you know, fighting over this idea of justice that we're looking for in the world. I mean, people are looking for justice at every turn. They're looking for the government to make things just, to make things right. They're looking for organizations and agencies to make things right. They're looking for peace on earth, the earth. They're looking for love. They're looking for something to happen to change the anger and the division and the racism and all the things that are so prevalent in our world today. And we're looking for anybody and everybody who might be able to fix it. Thus saith the Lord, you want justice? Seek God. You want peace? Seek God. You want righteousness? Seek God. You want to find love? Seek God, because that's where we find the truth of everything that we stand in and everything that we're looking for. You see, we live in a world where truth has become relative. It's like truth is whatever you want it to be. You can change the narrative any day and any time. You can decide today, you know what, I want to be something else. You can decide today, you know what, my marriage is not that important, I'm going to throw it away. You can decide today whatever you want. Like truth changes by the day in our culture today. But there is only one truth, and that truth is the truth that remains yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same, and that's where we find truth. And so we've got to know God, we've got to seek God, we've got to seek truth. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, a couple of chapters over, says this, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your, all your heart. Man, we've got to get back to seeking God, seeking truth. Because when we do that, just so you know, when we know God, and we have pride in knowing Him, we have pride in seeking God, we have pride in seeking truth, here's what it comes to in this last statement that we can have pride in, that, that God's Word says, is then we can have pride in glorifying God. Because when you're glorifying God, it's impossible to glorify self. When you're bringing honor and glory to God, it's impossible to point honor and glory to yourself. Look what it says in the last part of verse 24. God says, for I delight in these things. This is the Lord's declaration. You exist to bring Him glory. If you've ever asked yourself the question or wondered, like, why am I here? You ever asked yourself that question, like, like, wonder, like, like, why in the world do I even exist? Why was I born? You were born to bring honor and glory to God 
period. Now, understand this. Kind of wrap this all up and let's kind of put the thread together. So, so we need to have pride in knowing and understanding God. That's what the Lord says. By having pride in knowing and understanding God, it comes and flows from seeking after God, seeking who He is. And when we seek after who He is, the one thing that kind of, the byproduct that comes along with it is truth. Truth and justice, and truth and love, and truth and righteousness, and truth and in goodness, and, and it kind of comes along. It's kind of thrown in. It's an extra deal. It's like a buy one, get one. You, you get it with it, right? You find truth in the midst of everything that you're walking through. And then it all kind of boils down to one very important truth in our lives, is, this, is that we'll be, we will then bring honor and glory to God. Now, don't miss this, right? So when we are bringing honor and glory to God because we know God, because we're seeking God, because we found truth in God, then here's what happens next. Then we will be able to fulfill God's calling on our lives. Because in John chapter 8, in John chapter 8, I'm sorry, John chapter 12, verse 32, it says this, and this is so important. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, In other words, if I'm the one that's glorified, if I'm the one that's praised, if I'm the one that you focus on, listen, if I be lifted up, Jesus said, I will draw all men to myself. You see, Jesus told each and every one of us our job was to go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples of all the nations, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That is our job. And the only way that we will be able to fulfill our calling and to fulfill our job is if we have pride in knowing God and seeking God and seeking truth and glorifying Him. Because if He is the one that is lifted up, He will draw all men to Himself. The world today is not being changed by the church because the church is being changed by the world. It's time for us to to turn things around and recognize, to have pride in the right things. And pride is found in God and God alone. Let's pray together. Father, today we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. God, we are so overwhelmed that you could love us. We don't deserve it. We are all sinners. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We don't deserve you. What we deserve is death and separation from you, Romans 6, 23 tells us. But the gift of God, the gift, what you give to us that we don't deserve is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you, God, for that great gift. And so I pray today that in our time together, from your word today, what we will have recognized and understood is this, is that pride in ourselves destroys, but pride in you, glorifying you, will change the world. God, help us to be about that. With our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, in a moment we're going to stand and sing. The altar is going to be open. Our team is going to be gathered here as it is every week. And the invitation is not an invitation from me, it's an invitation from God. Whenever you feel God speaking to you, I promise you it doesn't come from a preacher. It doesn't come from what anybody else can say to you. It has to do with the Holy Spirit of God talking to you. And maybe today what God is saying to you is this. Hey, you need to believe in Christ. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish. That Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's his job. That's why he came. And today, if you're here and you've never trusted and believed that Jesus is God's Son, that He died and that He rose again, here's what you need to know. God sent His Son, Jesus, for you. 
And that the only thing we must do in response is to simply believe. And so I'm just going to encourage you today. If you've never come to that moment, in a moment when we stand, I'm just going to encourage you to come down and talk with one of our team members here. They love to talk with you about Jesus. Maybe today you need to come and just kneel here and just pray for, for God's wisdom and guidance. Maybe you want to come for a moment of confession. Maybe you want to come today for pray for a friend. Maybe you want to come and join our, our family here at Thomas Road or come for baptism or whatever, whatever it is that God is kind of speaking right now into your ear. Like, respond. Because the only thing that keeps us from responding to God is pride. Like, I don't need what God's trying to give me right now because I can do it on my own. Pride comes before destruction. Let's stand together. Let's sing. Step out right now. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever Father, today we come together and we just simply, we confess to you, God, that we've all battled pride. God, we're sorry. God, help us from this day forward to make it all about you and not about ourselves. God, help us to know you and to seek you, to find truth, to glorify you in everything that we do. God, so that we can be a part of accomplishing your will on this earth. God, for that, we'll give you the praise. As we walk out of this place, God, I pray that you would give us the wisdom, the strength, the courage to represent you, to point people to truth, and that is that God loves them, that Christ died for them, that he rose again, and that in him we find life. And God, for that, we thank you for that gift. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, before you leave, I just want to remind you that if you're interested in talking about the potential of going with us to Israel, they're going to be right over here. They would love to talk with you about that. Just drop your name, phone number, whatever. And also, I want to tell you, next week, we're going to be in the book of Lamentations and the book of Ezekiel. So make sure you're staying on your reading. Continue moving forward as we walk into that passage. God bless you, and have a great day. 
Thank you for worshiping with us today. We're so glad you joined us. If you prayed to receive Christ today, we'd love to hear from you. We want to help you as you begin this journey of faith in Jesus Christ. So send us an email to the address on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. Likewise, if you've never accepted God's free gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sins made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus, but you'd like to know more, well, we're here to help you. So just reach out to us. We'd love to tell you more. Our mission at Thomas Road is to change our world by developing Christ followers who love God and love people. And if you'd like to help us fulfill that mission by giving to our ministry, then go to the link on your screen and make your contribution today. Help us help others with the life-changing truth of God's love.